Hey there, brothers and sisters. This is a special sermon that was preached on Christmas Eve of 2019. It was truly one of the most uh, powerful services of worship I've seen here um, since I've been at Uniontown. The, uh, the congregation was amazing and we had close to 200 people here and then afterward we had our 10 o'clock service in the chapel we had about 15 folks come out for that and it was fun it was like a nice little unplugged worship service but this was recorded at the big service at 7:30, and i hope you enjoy it peace I wish to preach to you this evening from the title, Screaming Bloody Christmas. <laughs> Screaming Bloody Christmas. Please pray with me. And now, most holy and merciful God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we ask that the words of my mouth and that the meditations of all of our hearts would be acceptable in your sight. O oh God, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The name of the class was Family Living. But that name was misleading because it wasn't so much about living in a family as much as it was about making a family, <laughs> if you know what I mean. We covered the birds and the bees and all that awkward stuff you don't want to talk about with your kids. And for a bunch of 11-year-olds, it was just awful. Every day there were giggles and jokes and just generally icky things we were all trying to understand. But one day, we walked in and we saw the most beautiful thing a fifth grader could see in the 90s, a TV cart. <laughs> you know, the one with the heavy tube television precariously perched atop a flimsy metal frame with the VCR underneath. TV cart meant it was going to be a good day, an easy day. That's what we thought until the teacher pressed play. At first, I didn't understand what I was seeing. A woman in a hospital bed. She was sick or something. She was breathing kind of funny and sweating a lot. Why are her knees up in the air? <laughs> when all of a sudden the camera pans back and I see what I could only describe at the time as a baby murdering an innocent woman from the inside out. 
We were all just stuck there with our mouths open, feeling like we couldn't watch one more second, but we couldn't look away. <laughs> there was all this blood and screaming, but, but when it was all over, the woman was exhausted, still alive, with a sleeping little baby in her arms. That day, I think I got off the bus and ran to my mom, gave her a big hug, and said, I'm sorry I was born. <laughs> to which she probably said, well, someday I'll forgive you. <laughs> the point being that for the first time when I was 11 years old, I found out that birth meant pain. Birth meant tears. Birth meant blood. But you know, for 1,400 years now, the church has been trying to edit out all of that from the birth story of Jesus. It first started in the year 649 with a guy named Pope Martin I, who declared that the birth of Jesus was in Latin, sine passione. That is, without passion, without pain. He wrote something called the Second Marian Dogma, which stated that Jesus passed through his mother without causing discomfort, without harming her body, as light passes through glass, he said. So the picture Pope Marty was painting here was that Jesus was born via some kind of supernatural C-section. <laughs> and his birth was quiet and bloodless. It was, to use a modern word, antiseptic. And you can find all this artwork, like from the Renaissance, where they try to show this kind of birth, with Mary looking very calm and dignified. Meanwhile, the baby Jesus is just kind of sticking out from the side of her ribcage, fully clothed, not crying, and there's not an umbilical cord in sight. No placenta, no amniotic fluid. All is calm. All is bright. And you know, I... I get why you'd want to have a nativity like that in the year 649. Look, everybody was poor. Life was hard. Almost everyone lost children in childbirth. Children lost their mothers while they gave birth to their siblings. For most folks, life itself was a dirty, bloody struggle. So when they came to church, especially on Christmas... They didn't want to be confronted with one more hard story, one more gory story. I get that, and, and I even feel that way myself sometimes. But what I'm afraid of is that over the last 1,400 years, that the antiseptic nativity has turned into an antiseptic Christianity. I've known so many people over the years that just want to come to church on Sunday mornings and, 
and sing some nice songs and hear an inspirational sermon, whatever that is, and go home with all their warm, fuzzy feelings for the week. We don't want to deal with the tough stuff. The icky, confusing stuff, especially not while we're at church. We get enough of that out in the world, don't we? In our jobs, in our families, in the news. We come to church because we want to hear something nice, something pleasant. We want our religion, sine passione, without passion without pain. The only problem is that's not what Christianity is about. Christmas is not some night long ago where a stately woman stoically bore a quietly baby in a clean manger that smelled like Febreze. (laughs) It's an unwed 13-year-old girl Far from home, going into labor in one of the dirtiest places imaginable, with all the fear and confusion that goes along with that. Christmas is about a God who could have very well been born in a palace somewhere, or floated down from heaven on a cloud, or could have been delivered by a stork on a windowsill. But that's not how he did it. I mean, call me a heretic, but I think God chose to be born in the blood. God chose to be born amidst the tears and the smells and the confusion of a young girl going into labor in a barn. If Christmas is about God taking on human flesh, if it's about God inhabiting Christian life, if it's about God stooping down to our level to feel our pain and confusion and shine his light in our darkness, then it only makes sense that the birth of Christ would be dirty. It only makes sense that the birth of Christ would be dangerous. It only makes sense that the birth of Christ would be scared and lonely and cold because those are the parts of human life that need to be redeemed. Those are the parts of our collective existence that need the touch of our Savior. If Christ can be born back there, then Christ can be born right here. In 2019, in 2020, Christ can be born when the doctor says, I got some bad news. Christ can be born when the bill collector comes knocking and you ain't got nothing to give him. Christ can be born when the teenager calls from the police station, when the depression meds stop working, or the cancer is taken over, or the pink slip comes down from the boss, Christ can be born when the divorce papers are signed, or the car gets wrecked, or even when you don't know what the point of life is anymore. Christmas is the miracle of God showing up. And if God can show up 
back then. If God can show up in the hay around the animals, in the blood, in the amniotic fluid, then surely God can show up in your life. If God can be born into that circumstance, then God can be born into yours. If the light of Christ can spark in that deep darkness, then your shadow ain't got a chance. Do you know why Christmas is on the 25th of December? As opposed to April, when most historians agree Jesus was actually born. In the Roman calendar, the old Roman calendar, the winter solstice fell on the 25th. So eventually the decision were made, was made that when the days were at their darkest, we would celebrate a flickering light from Bethlehem. So that when your days are at their darkest, you can celebrate that same light flickering from the manger of your heart. I was talking about this the other day. I think it was with Mike Miller, the lay leader here. I don't know where he is. Um, but I was talking about it with him, and afterward, he asked me, yeah, but what if you live in Australia? I said, Mike, don't be a nerd. <laughs> no, but you know what he meant, right? That in the northern hemisphere, the winter solstice is in December, and in the southern hemisphere, December is the summer solstice. And he's not wrong, but, but there's some poetry in that, isn't there? That, that God is there in the bright days, too. God is born also into the summers of our lives, when the days are long and easy and, and, and things are good. God is born into both places, both the light and the dark because God wants all of who we are. There's this other old teaching, one that I like a little bit better. This one's from the 4th century, from a guy named Gregory of Nazianzus, who, who said what I just said, but said it a lot better. He said, that which was not assumed was not redeemed. That which was not assumed by Christ, was not redeemed by Christ. What he means is that Jesus redeemed us because he became us. And, and he redeemed all of who we are because he became all of who we are. He touched every corner of human experience and redeemed us every inch and morsel made holy by the Christ child. You know, sometimes preachers like me like to go on and on about the death of Jesus, about how he took the cross for you, about how he died for you, and, and went into the tomb for you, and, and all that's right. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just not the whole story. No, the missing part is that Jesus was also born for you. That Jesus is born into you. That, that Christ can still be born 
into each and every part of your life, no matter how light or how dark, that, that there's no reason to keep anything back, hidden in a dark corner or swept under a rug, because the light of Christ can penetrate every darkness, no matter how bloody or how icky it might seem. The light of Christ is not merely a warm glow, brothers and sisters. But the light of the Christ child, tiny though it may be, is a piercing light, an irradiating light. It is a light that slashes and slices into the blackest of night, that engulfs and embraces the most unfortunate of circumstances and burns away all the dross that would ever get between us and our God. The light of Christ can heal us, brothers and sisters. It can redeem us and save us all, no matter where we've come from, or what we've done, or how we think we may have ruined our lives, that light can save us precisely because it came into the world the same way we all do, screaming. These words I offer to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mm -hmm.